podcast about National Novel Writing Month. It's November 18th, and you should be at 31,666 words. I'm Carolyn. I'm Eric Ramson. And what are you up to? What am I up to? Facilitating National Novel Writing Month for a very large number of middle school students. And what does that entail? One is like the nuts and bolts stuff. I set up everyone's account on the ywp.nanorimo.org site. Uh, if you've never, mm-hmm. if you're a full nanorimo.org member, you may have never seen the YWP site, but it's a whole separate site. And uh, the organization provides classrooms, digital or virtual classrooms, where any number, like teachers, any number, so I'm a teacher technically in this uh, sense, can start a classroom and invite up to 100 students to participate. That classroom gives them access to a couple different chat channels. We use it for, uh, we have like a separate chat channel for dares, for communication, for announcements, and then for just like, we call it novel chat. So if you have, if kids are having problems or they just want to talk about their books, but that usually lasts for about four days before everybody just forgets what all the different chats are supposed to be (laughs) and just starts spamming them because we have students as young as fourth grade. So they're what, nine, 10. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So they forget. So I do that. So I do all that nuts and bolts stuff. I set up their accounts, then, you know, help them set up their novels because the YWP site actually has an uh, online editor. And by editor, I just mean like a, a word processing where they can type directly on the website and it keeps track of their word count for them. It gives them all these visual cues, like they can do it as a bar graph or a pie chart. Uh, and it also has achievements like a video game. And it plays this little fanfare when they hit an achievement, so it gets them really excited. And then outside of that nuts and bolts stuff, I run by grade level, we call them write-ins. They're a little different than the traditional write-ins that you know full nano participants might be used to. But over their lunch hour once a week, they come in. We talk a little bit, you know, I'll ask if anybody has any like things they want to share in terms of like positive do, do they want to read a little bit of their writing? Or, you know, something they figured out on their own, you know, some bit of wisdom that they would like to give the other writers. And then I'll ask for people who are having problems, they're stuck or they got stuck on a specific thing, you know, whatever it is. And then we sort of brainstorm solutions as a group. I try very hard not to be prescriptive about it, like to tell them what to do. But instead, I try to give them ideas for how they can think their way out of the problems. Then we do a word sprint, and depending on the size of the group, my fifth grade group is over 40 kids, so that's more of a free-for-all. But with the smaller groups, uh, we'll do, like, everybody will write down, we'll, we have, like, a gyre race wall, we'll write down everybody's current word count, and then we'll um, go for three minutes, and then, you know, see who's written the most. But the trick is, during the three or five minutes, whatever we're doing, I'll be yelling out dares, and as they complete the dares, they can raise their hand and I whip candy at them, (laughs) which is really the only reason that any of them participate is because they hear from the other kids that like, oh, Mr. Ramson throws candy at you. You know, it's it it's been working. Uh, the the program has steadily grown. We've this is the the fourth school year. We do it in November for you know the regular National Novel Writing Month. We also do it again in April to coincide with Camp Nano. And then, and we've lowered the bar for all the kids. Fourth graders have a 5,000 word limit. 
uh, fifth graders have an 8,000 word limit. And then from sixth to sixth, seventh, and eighth graders have a 10,000 word limit. High schoolers start with a 12,000 word limit. And then every time they succeed, the next time they participate, we ask them to move it up, you know, some amount. And we, we, we give them a lot of flexibility because they're school kids, you know, they have homework. While a lot of the teachers, the, the faculty are very supportive of the program, none of them count the writing as part of their schoolwork. It's completely outside. So we try to find ways to make it possible. And I wouldn't say easy to succeed, but at least it's not a real struggle to succeed. And then at the end of the at the end of the month, and this is going this time when it's so many kids, we don't know how it's going to work. But we uh, we actually publish their books uh, through normally Lulu or one of the other like you know online publishers. We publish we print like one copy of it's unedited. It's just like it's just their draft. Uh, they get to design a cover, which they all really love to do because some of them hand draw it. You know, some of them use digital resources, and then um, it lives on our library shelf. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's they love it. We have 74 over the past three years of this. We've published 74 books. And it's nice. It's not a very it's not a super expensive thing. We end up spending maybe well, every previous year we've we've spent, you know, 20 to 30 dollars because each book is a dollar to two dollars. This year, it's going to be a lot more depending on how we decide to do it. But yeah, it's been it's been really fun so far. So what is your completion rate? It varies wildly, actually. In November, it tends to be higher than in April. I feel like last year in November, we had 32 participants and 26 of them finished. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's pretty high. This year, so far, because um, I keep a, you know, the YWP site is really nice. The Young Writers Program site keeps track of your entire classroom's total goal and their total where they are now and gives you a percentage. So as of this morning, they were just over 50%. So total. So most of them are on track. We have a couple kids that are already finished because they had small goals. And one of the fourth graders basically finished in three days. First Saturday and Sunday, she wrote 4,000 words. And then she just had like, you know, she wrote a thousand over the last couple of weeks. But the nice thing is we push them to keep going. So she'll probably end up, mm-hmm. you know, eight or 9,000 words. But yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty decent completion rate. Uh, we usually only have, you know, a handful at each grade that don't finish. And and mostly it's peer pressure, I think, at that point. They want to keep coming to the write-ins. And I'm also very clear with them, like, it's not about finishing. Uh, we have like a little, the last on December 1st or whatever day we can, closest to December 1st, we have one last write-in during lunch and we bring cupcakes and everybody who participated, win or lose, you know, gets a cupcake or a cookie or, you know, it depends on how many kids are there. But we try to bring a treat and like everybody, they bring their lunch and they get a treat and they can share their writing even if they didn't finish. We're going to take a break. And if you are not caught up, you can go write 500 words and then come back. We'll still be here. And we're back. So Eric, can you tell me about common problems that the kids come to you with? Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a lot of it boils down to, I don't know how to do this, which uh, like, uh, I don't know how to do X. And so it'll be, 
just today we had a, a young woman who said her story has something to do with a, a haunted house. And she started writing part of it from the perspective of the house, which mm-hmm. I thought was like, that's awesome. But she said very quickly that she was like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to write like a house. And so what I've, what I've realized is, even though I do a lot of talking about the whole idea of nano is there's no right, there's no wrong. You know, you're supposed to just speed past the editor, get the story out. We'll worry about making it make sense later. They still, because they're students and they're so mired in academic writing, even at their grade level, but, you know, writing to them is writing a research, like not a research paper, but, you know, like a presentational paper or a book report. And so there's very specific right and wrong. And getting them to understand there's no right way to do it, just choose something and do it and try to keep doing it that way will be good enough. That's the thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, that I find I end up saying in about 400 different ways throughout the month. Uh, Other than that, I mean, like, I do get a little bit of like, I don't know what to do next. Another one that always, like, seriously, it happens multiple times is, oh, I killed my character. You know, I don't know what to do. I killed my character. And I'll say, you know, it's very much, they don't think about the idea that like, well, okay, cool. I don't want you to unkill your character. Like, I don't want you to go back and just erase it. So, you know, you have a choice. You either continue to follow the character after they die, or you have to start thinking about how that character's death affects the other characters in your book. And it's interesting how with the younger students, this like light bulb goes off because they're, they realize, oh, there are other characters in my book because they're just so focused on, you know, almost all of their stories are very, uh Mary Sue you know I mean they are the with a different name and um they and they don't realize like oh and they're not usually killing themselves they're usually killing like a like a parent character or one of the friends but that they always think that was the main character you know like that character I killed was the main character because they don't want to they don't want to say that they're the main character and they don't like the other characters are more part of the the setting in their head, mm-hmm. the way they think about it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a lot of that. It's a lot of really basic how you tell a story questions. And then I also get mechanical things like, can we can we put pictures in our story and how do we do it? And I'm always like, don't. Uh, but if you have to, you know, I'll show you at some point how to do it. And then I just never show them because, you know, I don't want to deal with that. But yeah, it, it's very much the stuff that Nano was designed to get past they're um, they're they're super enthusiastic at the beginning and they will just write like crazy the first couple days and then almost without fail about four to five days in every one of them is like i don't know what to do i don't know what to do next they don't connect that to judging the idea you know what i mean they don't connect the right and wrong they just are like i'm out of ideas and then if you push them uh, the question I always write up on the wall when they, that happens is, what is the coolest slash most dangerous thing that happened right now? And usually if I put that up on the wall and I ask the specific student, okay, in your story, where you are right now, where the cursor is, what is the silliest thing that could happen? They will almost always have an answer. And then and then you just say, well, type, why are you talking to me? Type it down, like write it down. 
and go from there. And they do get a little resistant about halfway through, just like we do, like we, like we're different be- like types of people. You know, we get married to something and we, we thought it was going to go a certain way. And then we get stuck and we kind of get mired in this idea of I've got to do that thing I thought I was going to do instead of just doing something. And it happens to the kids, too. It's interesting that while they're, they're simpler versions of the problems, they're the exact same problems. They don't really have that much exposure, especially like the fourth and fifth graders they haven't done a lot of like just free creative writing. You know, they do that a little, they do that early, like in their kindergarten and first grade years. But it's, again, it's much more, while they're able to write whatever they want, the focus is actually on learning how to put words together. They don't do a lot of creative writing in that middle, we call intermediate school, like, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade. Uh, They don't do as much of it. And so it's interesting that they have the same problems, even though they don't have the same, you know, quote unquote training in it, that it's like, these are inherent problems to reading like everybody has them it's nice it it makes you feel good that does make me feel good mm-hmm. so what genres are they writing oh you know it's interesting we have we have uh, a young woman who's writing a cookbook sort of but it's not really because it's narrative but it's narratively presenting all these recipes that she likes to bake with her family with her mom uh we have horror we have a couple of people who are writing like horror from a very like childish you know it's like it's a haunted house and it's more silly than scary but we have some people that are doing full-on you know attempts at horror we have a lot of it would fall into magical realism because a lot of them Mm -hmm. write using their friends but like something strange happens uh but then we've got a couple of people who are doing like really bizarre like I guess speculative fiction or like just like it's not fantasy particularly but it's definitely like just full-on world creation one student is writing about another world that's exactly like earth except that the continents never spread and it's 2019 there and it's focused on a a student who's very much the student writing the book apparently uh, I haven't read it yet. What the student was telling me is that the the teacher who's teaching in the book about the fact that the continents may will or may shift is actually a transplant from our Earth. And so it's all about like this person, this teacher knows that eventually the continents are going to shear apart. And he's trying to teach these kids about it before disaster strikes. You know, it's really interesting and, and that could get really deep. You're in fourth grade. Like, what? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, you're studying, you know, you're studying co- the continents right now. So I get where the idea came from, but the basic idea. But, you know, they, they can come up with some really stunningly cool ideas. I mean, even the cookbook, when she explains it, I'm like, I would read that book. You know, it's 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 really kind of a memoir or like a love letter to her family, but written through the lens of all the things they bake together. I don't think she even sees it that way, right? But that's what she's doing. And so I just keep trying to push them to like, not think about that higher level of like trying to make it do, like be something. Just follow the the idea you have and hopefully it will be that thing by the time you're done. But there's some really great stuff. And, you know, um, comedy, I mean, a lot of it's just silly. But we've also had kids do books of poetry. We've had... 
short story collections or also like both connected collections where like, you know, the characters repeat or just straight, like they write 15 different short stories over the course of the the month. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, we're pretty loose with our definition of like what they can work on. We haven't had anything like poems. We've done more like less of a word count and more try to write this many poems. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, that's not fair to be like 8,000 words worth a poem go. But we've also had um, like this year we have, and I haven't checked in, but um, there was a group that there's three of them working together. So they, you know, we, we elevated their word count level and the two of them are writing but the third person is providing illustrations, like hand illustrating it. So we had to figure out like, okay, what's the goal for all three of you working together? You know, so that's fair to the other the other students, like you don't have it too easy, but also that it takes into account the fact that like the illustrations take a long time. There, there's a lot of that on the facilitation end is trying to keep it fair, but without crushing anyone's idea. And that's probably mm-hmm. the hard, probably the hardest part. Do you read them all when they're done? Oh God, no. <laughs> I mean, there's. I, I, I'm the person who preps because uh, I have a background in publishing, so I'm the one who preps all the books to go to Lulu. And I mean, you know, it's only it's not that many. Well, this year it's crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. We're we're still talking about it. Uh, it. The whole library staff and some faculty might have to pitch in. But previously, like I'll read some of it of each book but we're really clear that we don't clean it up because and that's I see it some of the some of the some parents and some other people on the outside of the program have sort of called that part into question the fact that like I'm very clear about I don't care about your spelling I don't care about your punctuation you know I want you to try but I'm not gonna I don't want you to be worried about it and originally we had thought we would do like a fairly decent copy edit on all these. Also, that was before mm-hmm. we, we kids we would have. But the more I thought about it, I actually like presenting it. Like I'll fix stuff if it's completely unintelligible, and I you know I skim everything as I'm going. But I don't mind putting it out there with imperfections because what it's doing is I'm trying to get the kids okay with not writing perfectly. So and and it's it's insane. The first month after those books end up coming back in they all just come and check each other's books out and they read them they'll come in and hand the book back and be like oh my god that was so great that was so good you know and i i looked at it while i was getting it ready and i'm like yeah i couldn't like half of it was misspelled it's nice because they're encountering it in the way that they wrote their own book right like they know not to expect it to be perfect they're looking for the story and hoping that they like the story it's been really great Well, thank you. And if you at home want to write in from the point of view of A Haunted House, our email is nanoitallpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is nanoitall.blogspot.com. Eric, where can people find you? Uh, I have a woefully neglected uh, website at ericramson.com. And that's about it. I mean, you know, I'm on social media under my name. But I'm also that's also woefully neglected because I'm doing this and I have two small children of my own to take care of. Um, and then I teach at various places around the city as well, like teach and lecture on writing. So uh, usually, yeah, if you check out ericramson.com, I try to I try to at least keep that uh, updated when I'm going to be teaching something. Cool. Yeah. 
You can find me at Carrie and the Hits on Twitter and the Nano webpage. Visit my website, 20percenttrue.blogspot.com. Happy writing! Happy writing!